Good evening. Welcome to Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your co-host, Jamar Nelson. And I'm your other co-host, Priya Samsonar. Welcome. It's November 4th. And it's dark outside. It's dark already. We set the time back tomorrow, right? Which means we won't even be here. No. We wouldn't even be here next week. No. Because oh. it, uh... It'll be 5.13. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll be sitting downstairs in the lobby meeting, right? The day, actually, the weather's not it's not too bad. I had a coat on earlier, and then I took it off because you really, I got a hoodie on now. And that's really almost all you need is a, just a hoodie. You know, I find myself becoming more adjusted to the weather every year. So I find myself, as, you know, years go by, I don't need a jacket as much. See, I forgot, though, you like cold weather. See here. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, those cops in Alaska, if you've ever watched those, like, shows. Well, my wife's best friend is yeah. a judge out there. You know, it's like 32 degrees, and then they're out in their their short sleeve uniforms because they think it's you know fine weather. No, I'm no. And last week in Texas, and uh, uh, and I am in, I, here, in and Texas. I'm in studio, guys. Okay, yes, I wore a coat, not a jacket. I wore a coat. I wore my Cowboys Dallas Cowboys coat. Uh, it was chilly, and I can't stand the fact that my cousins would laugh and say, "You live in Minnesota." I'm like, I don't care. Chilly is chilly, cold is cold, hot is hot, okay? When I went to Florida, you know, they go talk about this different heat and all of that crap. Listen, if I'm sweating, there's no such thing as a dry heat, okay? <laughs> I'm sweating, okay? And so last weekend, I had on a jacket. But guess what? Today, yesterday, and the day before yesterday, 90s. No, wait, I'm sorry. I think Wednesday or Thursday was a record high of 90. And then this whole weekend is going to be mid-80s. You brought the cold with you. My cousin said the same thing. <laughs> said the same thing. Well, we've got a lot to talk about before we bring in our guest. Uh, oh, gosh, I've already uh, wished him luck and uh, made him councilman already. Councilman Gary, <laughs> former councilman Gary Shift and, and uh, uh, councilman candidate now for the ninth award. Um, but it's also sad. Uh, because everyone um, that didn't listen last week or, or or know that Priya, she uh, discontinued her job at Alpha News about two weeks ago already now, right? Yeah. And now this is our last show together. Yeah, it's a, it's a very bittersweet moment right now. Uh, this is sad. It's not bittersweet. It's sad as hell because I've gotten so used to you. You become... Uh, 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 I become so attached to you having you here. You were we had we started the show back in January, and I think only weeks later you were here. So you've been here with Black Republican, Black Democrats since the beginning, since its conception. Yeah, pretty much. And so it's going to be really different. I was just telling everyone we were coming in the building that it's going to be so different of Priya and I not meeting up at the door and coming in together or sitting down and talking and going through things with the show. So um, as of yet. We cannot announce what uh, ha what endeavor um, is going to be there for Priya, but it's a really huge endeavor. Uh, so you guys will not not see Priya or hear from Priya because her job is going to be pretty prominent. And um, unfortunately, we can't say right now because it's going to be a really nice and great setup for her that she's already embarrassed and blushing about. Um, if I could be embarrassed and blush, I mean... Uh, well, black folks do blush, okay? Brown, have... brown and black folks, they do blush. I have never seen, ever seen brown or black folks blush. Well, you, you, you never seen a real dark black person then, I guess. I don't know. I mean, unless they're wearing a blush, and then that's a whole nother conversation we're having. Well, maybe you've never seen Lou Ross. 
<laughs> but she's going to get a much uh, due rollout for her uh, new job. And it's uh, it is so fitting, befitting for you to and you and so deserving of this position that you have earned. And we are going to miss you so much. I am. And I know the, the, the listeners are going to miss you and they're going to be listening next week and asking where she at or tuning in. And now our Facebook page and our Twitter page will probably be flooded with where you going. And again, unfortunately, we can't announce, but she's going to get this huge rollout. And you got really listeners. You guys are going to be so excited for her new position. I guarantee you. OK, <laughs> Most you guys, of the listeners. you're going to be well. so excited for a new position. So I am. And I, 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 I bid you the best of luck. Priya. You so deserve it. Thank you so I'm much. You. Like this is seriously, different. I don't get emotional, and you're making me kind of emotional here. Right well, this now. is going to be different. I, seriously, you've become a permanent fixture to this show um, since uh, Don Allen left, and that's the first time I've said his name in a long time. <laughs> I think that's the first time you said his name since he left. Since he left, I think, right? So, yeah, exactly. And because you know, you've been there. You've been the rock. Um, you were the sideline um, roving reporter, and when. Uh, when he deserted the show, uh, you stepped up. And so I appreciate that. And the listeners appreciate that because the show um, didn't miss a beat. You know, you held it up. And uh, the next co-host uh, could only better try to <laughs> fill your shoes. I don't know. They're probably size six. but uh, Actually, I wear size nine. Do you? I do. Well, I that's a woman's nine, feet. though. It's a woman's nine. But it is pretty. Yeah. I actually the biggest feet out of... My immediate family. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So before we get way emotional, let's say congratulations again. And we've Thank got a few you. minutes to talk about before we go to commercial break. we got a few minutes to talk about uh, uh, events that's happening with uh, Donald Trump. I don't even know where to begin, Priya. We, we, don't even have, we don't have that much time in this segment to start on the crap that's been involved, the dude that you voted for. Uh-huh. I'm blaming you. <laughs> Yes, I'm blaming you and the supporters. Uh, Donald Trump, um, uh, what we found out is he's had his associate, so, uh, people that are associated with him, Paul Manafort and, uh, I'm sorry, what's the other guy's name? Gary? Some, no, that's Gary. Uh, what's the other guy's name? There's uh, George Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. I know Carter Page. Carter Page hasn't been indicted. No, no, he wasn't indicted, but I'm, so I'm talking about the other guy that got indicted with Manafort the same um, day. It's His associate, his... His assistant. I don't remember his name off. Got us, and then we found out that Papadopoulos got uh, arrested and indicted and charged months ago. And we don't know if he wore a wire during um, his meetings that he would have with some Rick of those. Gates. Rick Gates. Rick Gates. Rick Gates. Um, and I think Trump is in a little trouble. I think here, I'm going to be fair. I'm going to say let's wait and see. Uh, and that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm going to say let's wait and see. But when, however. Because when you look at when you look at the federal court documents that were released um, and those were under, um, you know, undercover, uh, you know, they weren't allowed to be seen um, until the charges were announced. Uh, all of the charges stem from 2014 and before. So I would like. I think we all need to take a breath because I think the media has really, and this is speaking as a former senior editor of a newspaper, you know, online news organization um, myself. I think the media needs to step back and say, okay. And I think they did a good job at mentioning and repeating that this was from 2014 and before, but I think they need to take a step back and say, okay, what does this mean 
now that we know that these charges are stemming from 2014 and before. It means that Trump. But this is a he's year not, before th- Trump. But here's the thing. I, 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 I want you as a supporter and the rest of the supporters to not be so naive. Because if this were President Barack Obama, there's no way you guys would be giving this guy a chance that if Hillary Clinton or somebody else associated with him, Rahm Emanuel, if this were Rahm Emanuel, would any of you guys be saying, wait a minute, let's wait and see? I think Rahm Emanuel has his own problems right now. Okay, okay. But nevertheless, if this were Rahm Rahm Emanuel, the guy that indicted and had these bad dealings before he became a part of the campaign, how do we wash that away? How are we supposed to believe that the guy that ran and won the election, with a little help, uh, the guy that was his campaign manager, the guy that he, uh, uh, Carter Page and Papadopoulos, they, when he asked who was the smartest people that he was associating with that was helping him uh, with this, uh, with this uh, agenda and uh, policies, he named these people. So when you say that they're low level, that just goes to show me and everyone else that there is something you're hiding. Get a you being a part of a journalist, excuse me, not part of being, a, but being a part of being a journalist, you know that there is a part of being public relations. You get ahead of the story. You get ahead of the story. You say, listen, Papadopoulos, yes, was in our campaign. He was a part of our administration. What he did was illegal and he will get prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Yet here's a guy that crosses his arms and says, Screw everybody that didn't vote for me. This dude is a low level. You know what's funny? I've heard it's, Democrats say the exact same thing. What though, Democrat, that, but what Democrat has that? I mean, I'm not. What Democratic president? Let's not talk about Democrats that are in Congress. I want to talk about a Democratic president that had associates, strong associates, that were in the campaign, that were linked to foreign governments. Hillary Clinton. Please. Where's the proof? Where's the proof? Uh, we, we're the Clinton again. Foundation, Uranium oh, One. God. Like, we can have a good old-fashioned conversation about that. I'll say this again because we got to go to break. I want you and any other Republican to show me the proof, to show me the concrete proof that Hillary Clinton nefariously gave the Russians uranium and that they took it out of this country and that they're using it now or to use it before. There's no proof of that. You guys are so obsessed with Hillary because you know why? Because she beat Bernie and because she beat Donald. And you guys can't I get over Hillary's it. Hillary's got her own problems, she, personally. She, she doesn't. This is just a distraction. You know how you say, you know, when, you throw the, when you're in the phone and you're walking the dog and you, you don't, you, you kind of, you're in the middle of a good conversation, you don't want to move. You throw the ball so the dog can get distracted. Donald Trump is on the cell phone throwing the ball. And you guys are biting. The smart ones of us, not that you're not smart, but the ones that didn't vote for him, the smarter ones, we won't be buying it. I know you got more to say, but we got to take a break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to come back with Councilman, uh, here I go again, <laughs> former <laughs> Councilman Gary Shift and current uh, candidate for the Ninth Ward. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Black Republican, Black Democrat, welcome back. Your co-host, Jamar Nelson. Who is this for you? Listen to the voice first. I, I don't know. Oh, come on. Priya, you got to know this. Listen to her voice. Can't make the sign stay. 
I mean, I could go ahead and make a guess. What if I'm go wrong? Make a guess. Aretha? No. <laughs> she's, she's got long, gorgeous legs, big hair. Um, from, from That's right. Nutbush. No. Married to Ike Turner. Tina? Okay. <laughs> In fact, this movie was on today. I remember as a kid when this song came on. Remember they had singles. That's when they had singles when I was younger. Okay. <laughs> and you could buy the single. And I remember going out and buying the song and just blasting it in the bathroom while taking a shower. Because, <laughs> you know, you don't need another hero. It's the greatest, for real. And Mad Max, that movie, now that I watched it earlier today, I don't know what I seen in it as a kid. It's not good. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, movies that you think are, like, the greatest thing, like, since sliced bread when you're a kid. And then you watch rewatch them and you're like, uh. No. Though I will say... The one movie from my childhood that will always remain the greatest no matter what is the Rush Hour trilogy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Rush Hour never gets old. Absolutely. And I wish we could quote some of those lines. <laughs> <laughs> some of them are not appropriate for several reasons. Exactly. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back to uh, Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your co-host, Jamar Nelson. And I'm Priya Samsonar. And if you're wondering why you're not listening to us on the radio right now and you're listening to Gopher Hockey, well, there's your answer. Um, we have been preempted, unfortunately, by Gopher Hockey. And so you will uh, be listening to us on the iHeartRadio channel. So all you have to do is go onto iTunes or the Google Play Store or on your Android phone, uh, look up iHeartRadio app, Download it, look for Black Republican, Black Democrat, and then you can follow us there, get updates every time a new show comes on, listen to us live, and listen to past shows. That's right. And and I've got Nanessa say she kind of cleared it up right there. So yeah, let's we have get our, to our own channel on We got our own channel. That's how That's you know pretty that big. we're important a little because we have our own channel. Yeah, we're right there next, next to uh, JT and Taylor Swift. I know, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. And the next thing you know, I'll be having singing. You'll uh, be singing next, well, be next Beyonce and Jay-Z. Oh, now there it is. <laughs> My dream. Welcome, Gary Schiff. How are you? I'm terrific. Thanks for having me. Uh, on. There you go. Now you can hear me. Now we can hear you. There now you we go. Can hear you. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. No problem. As I was kind of telling Gary, uh, Priya, coming up, I've, I've, I won't say known him, but I've known of Gary and his work for a, a long time because um, you were a counsel when... No, I can't say it. I've been saying it all the councilmen before. And I remember your work because I was telling them that my aunt used to work with the city of Minneapolis and Gary was integral with the, this uh, business. And what uh, MCDA did was my dad was one of the first minorities. They started this little um, kind of phone directory phone book type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was for it was called Emerging Small Businesses. And um they catered to minority. They wanted to get minority businesses out there. My dad was one of them. My dad did a painting contract. And so my dad was one of the first people that was in there. And you got you and the city council were instrumental in that. And so we lived pretty decently. Okay. You know, because, you know, my dad got business out of there because the city made it their business to promote small minority businesses. And I think mm-hmm. that that's kind of what we missed. Damn. I, I seriously, we, kind of miss that but i guess nowadays some people would say you're 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 picking and choosing losers and i think that that's not true i think that when you're in a diverse city and you have small businesses that are that tend to be the heart and soul of uh making a city or state thrive you need to do that so i want to say thank you and i like your work that you did and i and you are running against um alondra cano and that's another person right uh, yep, and Mohammed Farrar is in the race, and Ron Peterson is a Republican, also in the race. As a Republican runner, ah, 
Ah, pretty. You can vote for somebody. He's not my district. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's I mean, true. I mean, I could do what the Democrats do and drive over there and have somebody vouch for me. Oh, but hey, I, no. or or <laughs> I get to have fun. It's my last day, guys. Or you could do what Republicans just did and ask the Russians for help. But um, anyway, <laughs> oh. uh, uh, Gary, why are you running for city councilman again? Well, I didn't think I'd be here. Uh, four years ago, I threw away all my lawn signs and decided to support uh, Alondra Cano and cast my vote for her. But, you know, as I've been hearing all year long as I door knock the Ninth Ward, particularly in the neighborhoods of East Phillips and Midtown Phillips, uh, people have seen so much change, they cannot believe it. And what I keep hearing again and again is a sense that Phillips has lost 20 years of progress in the last four years. Mm -hmm. And it started about three years ago when heroin showed up on the streets cheaper than any drug ever available before on the streets. And the heroin addiction today in Phillips uh, makes Phillips the epicenter of a public health crisis. And uh, I can't sit back and see my city that I love not deal with this. Uh, my background is dealing with HIV and AIDS, uh, public health solutions for 20, 25 years living in the AIDS crisis. And I know that other cities today are addressing heroin with public health approaches. So I want to combat the heroin mm -hmm. epidemic and uh, I want to make sure that we're building new affordable housing. You know, that's really interesting because yesterday I was watching the news and um, they were talking about, you know, state of Minnesota or giving out grants, uh, million, multi-million dollar grants uh, to combat this opioid uh, crisis that we see. And there was this one woman talking about her own struggles. Uh, I believe um, she talked about getting involved with alcohol at the age of 12 and then moving on to prescription painkillers. Um, but then prescription painkillers got too expensive and someone told her, well, you know, heroin, it's that much better. You get a better high and it's only a quarter of the price. And that's how she got on her uh, journey of addiction with heroin. And it's those kind of stories that you hear that are just so powerful. And, you know, seeing them, you know, being able to get out of that cycle of, um, you know, using and abusing drugs and uh, telling their stories and trying to get other people out that I think is so interesting. Well, the one thing that I find uh, I I'm all for, uh, let's try to eradicate some of the the deaths that happened that occurred uh with opiate uh but it kind of bothers me because where was all this action when it came to the epidemic the drug epidemic the crack the cocaine epidemic where was this emergency okay and so it's criminalized exactly it was criminalized yep. instead of this instead of a push to uh get people off of it and not incarcerate them and so a lot of us black and brown people are cynical of what's going on now with the opioid. And a lot of them are purely saying it's racist. And you can and, and, and you can say that in a sense, because, again, when 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 uh, crack cocaine became an epidemic, uh, um, uh, it just wasn't treated. And like you say, it was criminalized. And so uh, I think we find a problem with that. So and in Minnesota today, uh, African-Americans die more often disproportionately than white people do when they are having a heroin overdose. Uh, African-Americans in Minnesota are less likely to get access to the life-saving drug Narcan that can reverse an overdose in progress. And American Indians particularly are hard hit and the hardest hit in the city of Minneapolis. So it is a black and a brown uh, crisis of public health leadership uh, in our city today. But absolutely, if you look nationwide at the heroin epidemic, it's uh, primarily white people. That's our... 
guest, Gary Schiff, who's currently running in the ninth ward against Alonja Cano and others. Uh, and I actually hope that you do win. I'm supposed to stay a little bit uh, uh I'm partial here, but I hope you win because I don't like anybody else in the in the current incumbent <laughs> right now. But on the side of, other side of the break, I got a few more questions for you. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat, Twin Cities News Talk, and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Welcome back, Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your co-host, Jamar Nelson. And I'm Priya Samsadar. She's leaving us. And I'm not even going to ask you, who you if you know who this is because this is too old school for you. But uh, In all it... fairness, I did try to read off of Stan's <laughs> computer there with my iPhone since it's got, you know, extreme magnification now with the newest uh, setup there. And I couldn't see it. Couldn't see it. I couldn't could see not it. see it. it well, it was the reason I played it was Cameo's Word Up. So, you know, that was... My word, so I thought I would play it, be, so be fitting. Welcome back. We've got uh, current councilman candidate for the ninth Ward, Gary Schiff, <laughs> and former councilman. It was ninth Ward, too, as well, right? Yeah. yeah. These, these are the neighborhoods of Midtown Phillips, East Phillips, Powderhorn Central, and Corcoran in South Minneapolis. So, okay, you were councilman for how long the first time? Twelve years. Twelve years. And then all of a sudden, you decided to run for mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what was different then? What made you think that, okay, uh, I've worked here long enough for the, on the city council, I can go be mayor? Well, it was the retirement of Mayor Ryback that opened up the office. And at that point, the Ninth Ward had a lot of success stories to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were the community that protected immigrants with a sanctuary city law and encouraged entrepreneurship. And we saw new small businesses opening. Uh, I saw 549 new units of affordable rental housing built wow. in the Ninth Ward mm-hmm. in the 12 years that I was in the office. Uh, and we had a wonderful uh, city council that worked together and could get big things done. And now you fast forward four years ago, um, and my issues are much more closer to home. Uh, I, I'm not running for mayor this year because I'm far more concerned about the fact that homelessness has doubled in Minneapolis in the last two years. Yeah. I'm more concerned about the homeless camps that have crept up along 35W and the Midtown Greenway and under the Hiawatha Bridge on Lake Street. Yeah, I've seen those. Mm-hmm. It's been shocking, just stunning to so many people to see just how quickly. And most of this is caused by our population growth. And we've had huge, uh, over 70,000 new residents in the last decade. What can I, what, what, as a council person, what can you do now that, uh, I mean, I know homelessness wasn't as high uh, when you were in your term before, but what can you do different that you didn't do uh, previously? Well, in the past, the focus was to focus on people who had been homeless for a long period of time, uh, and particularly our veterans, and to do right by our veterans. So we worked to get people into housing and to build more veterans housing. But now we see a surging population and a vacancy rate at zero Mm. in some South Minneapolis neighborhoods. So uh, at this point, the most important thing I think we need to do is to get people off the streets and expand our shelter supply and to make sure that we are providing shelter to every family that needs it. Uh, I'll give you one example. Uh, Part of the new affordable housing that was built in the Ninth Ward when I was city council member is housing for formerly homeless people with HIV and AIDS. Uh, It's called Claire Midtown. It's on 23rd Avenue South. Today, there's a waiting list of 300 people. 
300 homeless people with HIV waiting to get into housing that they are qualified for, that the federal government has given us funding for. So uh, I want to see new shelter space opened in the short term, and I want to see more progress made long term to build new housing. But I hear you saying shelters. Now, when you think about black and brown people, because that's when I see homelessness, uh, when I see and think of homelessness, I see a lot of black and brown faces. I'm downtown a lot because my wife goes to MCTC. And uh, like you say, I, I, when you drive right under the bridge, and I'm not sure which bridge that is that leads to uh, MCTC, but the the camps that's been built there. Matter of fact, I know once a month or something, they, you could see uh, city coming through, taking some of the stuff down. And it's just the elaborate setup that these people go through to uh, stay warm is incredible. Mm-hmm. So my question is, instead of more... Uh, shelters, why aren't we building more affordable housing for these? Because here's the thing. We can shelter these people for 30, 90, 120 days, but then what happens to them in the long run? And we can clean these people up, uh, get them jobs and all that. So if we do all that and they're still in homeless shelters, how did we prepare them or ready them to go out in the world to get acclimated to what the city brings them by not having their own place. And then because, first of all, them staying there now occupies for the next homeless person. So shouldn't there sometimes be a turnover? Is that the right word? Um, I, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm sure if it's a, it's a better turnover rate of uh, of how we prepare homelessness to go from being homeless to being a homeowner or uh, a, a at residential. You know, uh, I agree that opening new shelter spaces is a big setback for us as a community. It means that we didn't uh, have enough housing built fast enough to house uh, the people that move to our community. So uh, we're dealing with a shortage of housing right now caused by population growth. Okay, uh, That's normally a good problem to have. But you know, in my neighborhood, there's been no new affordable housing projects funded by the city council in the last four years. Wow. So there is nothing new in any of these neighborhoods uh, for people to move into. And it does take about three to five years to assemble the financing for new affordable housing. Get a little money from the city, some money from the state, some money from the feds, some tax credits. It takes a while uh, to put these sources together and go through the grant cycles. So that's the long-term three to five year, but in the short term, uh, I just really am concerned about the families. There are diapers in the Midtown Greenway in these homeless camps. So we know that there are families with uh, infants that are out in the cold. Absolutely. And so I think that that's pretty disheartening because, again, that's, the incompetence of the current mayor, the current administration, mm-hmm. that if in four years the homelessness has increased, there hasn't been uh, affordable housing built in South, in your part of South Minneapolis, in your ward, in the four years that she's been there, and you look at North Minneapolis and North East Minneapolis, the housings that are going on, they're not so affordable, but the housing that's going up, that's incredible. Right. So how do we protect constituents um, I mean, you're not running for mayor, but as a council person, how do I know that I can trust you uh, to go to bat for me and my family after I uh, after I'm done being homeless? Because here's the thing. It comes down to economics mm-hmm. and there's a there's a joblessness shortage in the city. Uh, the mayor would say there isn't, but there is. How do we go about that, Gary? Well, the amazing thing about the Ninth Ward is uh, that it is home to hundreds and hundreds of city jobs. 
And we've got a large public works campus on Hiawatha where the city snow plows, where the city water department, where all the concrete engineers are housed. And it seems to me that this ought to be a gateway, a gateway for uh, any child growing up in Phillips today to be able to get access to that city job. Yeah, as you mentioned, from your family's experience, uh, your, your mom who worked for the city of Minneapolis, you're talking about blue-collar, living wage, uh, union benefit jobs that can support a family. Right. And so a municipal job is really the, the gold standard for a livable wage. And I want to open up those city jobs to city residents. I want to make sure the city of Minneapolis is setting goals, whether it's the fire department or the police department or the public works department, and that we are creating a gateway to the trades for kids who grow up maybe two blocks from this public works facility in poverty they should be able to have the opportunity to have the skills, the training, and the open door to be able to work uh, and live and raise a family out of poverty themselves. So I think there's a lot of things that the city does that turns uh, a blind eye to the neighborhoods, and I think we can link those things better to help use city jobs as a path out of poverty. Now, on the other side of the break, i got to ask the all-important question, ask, why are you better than the incumbent right now that's there in the yeah. ninth Ward? I mean... I can kind of tell you why I think you're better, but the question is yours. On the other side of the break, this is Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Welcome back, Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. I'm Jamar Nelson. And I'm Priya Samsonar. Oh, man, it's so lonely. It's going to be so lonely without you, Pri Pri. <laughs> going to be so darn lonely without you. But we should say that we have found it exciting. And I say we because Priya has been, uh, was very intricate and uh, integral in finding, uh, helping us find uh, your, I don't even want to say replacement because no one can replace you, but. Uh, find the new co-host. The new co-host. And uh, you guys are going to like him as well. And as should we say it now? I mean, why not? I mean, yeah, he's been on the show before, so um, he's someone that I think listeners will be familiar with. It's uh, Patwin Lawrence. So the name of the show will once again ring true: Black Republican, <laughs> Black Democrat. Because as I mentioned several times when I first started, I am not black. I am Indian with a possibility of having Russian in the ancestral background somewhere. And I am a female. <laughs> and at the time, I couldn't be technically considered a Republican because I was a journalist. So. Well, uh, that may change. You know? That may change. That may change. And so, yes, it's, I'm quite excited to have Pat when I'm part of our uh, family and to be the new co-host. Uh, as you as you say, he's uh, he's conservative enough. He's quite conservative. conservative. Uh, and so you guys are going to love him. So it's not like they're going to have a drop-off. It's going to be two Democrats because, seriously— even I would want to listen to just two Democrats. I love having the fact of arguing with someone on the other side of the aisle that doesn't think like me. Otherwise, I'd listen to that other station on AM. Exactly. Yeah. So welcome back, Gary. Uh, this is what me and Priya do, man. I mean, it's it looks like a lot of fun. We, we listen. Have a lot we of have fun. a lot of fun. That's why I'm saying I can't believe that she's leaving. And, Which uh, is really funny because he hated me when we first I met. couldn't stand her when I first, you know, she came out with, listen, she does her job as a journalist very well. And she came out with a story last year, was it? Yeah, it was A year and a half ago or something like that about uh, Ilhan Omar. And um, 
um, I didn't like the story, and I was really mad at Priya, and I was mad at the former co-host here. And uh, I just, Priya and I just couldn't stand her. And we were on a show together, and I just, Priya said I bullied her. I didn't, but Priya <laughs> said I bullied her. And anyway, but what I liked it is that um, she had integrity. And um, when I thought about, hey, we need a reporter on the show. Let's get a reporter. Not just some social media wonk that wants to be a journalist, but let's get a real credible journalist. And I thought, well, let's get that chick that, that put get, put out that story, Don. And then Don's like, oh, Priya Samsadon. I'm like, whatever her name is. Yeah, let's get her in here. <laughs> yeah, and so we've been uh, peas in the pod since. And then we spend most of the time during the week uh, calling each other constantly, all the time. And you're still going to hang out. Oh, yes. Best friends forever, right? Because, and, and thank you for saying so. We are friends. And so, yes, that's what's that's why it's really hard. It's not like I'm not going to see her or talk to her. But not having her here on Saturday as a confidant, knowing me, knowing when I'm choking on water or something, <laughs> how to pick up the, the pace and to carry on. So, sorry, Garen, just, you know, <laughs> sorry. Uh, he did almost cry one day when... Uh... Oh, his my sister, son. Uh, was it your my sister? My son, Elfo. They for... sent the picture of oh, his son yes. getting ready for homecoming. He's like nearly bald. Because nice. my son hasn't been in a suit since he was since my wedding, and that was in 2006. And so he has to see this mature. He's and in fact, he'll be 15 on uh, Thursday. Oh, happy early birthday! Yeah, he'll be 15 on Thursday. He wants to go to Benny Hanna's. I'm not going to say that, but okay. Uh, he's going to that. We're going to eat, and. Um, I, I just, it's hard to believe, you know? It's really hard to believe. It's really hard to believe. You got any kids, Gary? I don't have any kids. I've what are got, you waiting on? I, I, well, I'm just <laughs> waiting uh, for the right uh, oh, time. Yeah. No. You don't want to be too old chasing kids. No, then, I, I, then you go to graduation, they're going to say, is that your granddad? I've got the most incredible nieces and nephews. Sometimes and that's all you need. It, I never had the baby baby bug until like three years ago. <laughs> and now it's literally like, oh, crap, I forgot to have kids. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I've got, I've got just the worst, I'm baby crazy. And, uh, I, I feel like I've, I've probably missed that point. You can adopt. I'm too old, but, uh, adopt. Foster, 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 absolutely. Yep. Uh, really been checking out the Hennepin County foster. Uh, you should. And my, my wife and I too, uh, we're thinking about that too. Uh, oh, really? Foster. Yeah. Cause we've. We tend to have the baby blues a lot. You know, you go around all this pressure smelling these babies. They smell so good. You're like, oh, and you're still young. Well, thank you. And that's coming from Here, the twenty. I'll give you that. Yeah, exactly. I'll give you the twenty bucks when we <laughs> leave. I'll be forty next year. But yeah, so that's what I was telling my wife. Let's do it now because when I'm forty, I'm I'm kind of going to be out of the mode. So if we do it now before I turn forty, I'll be pretty happy. If you know, with a to help uh, foster a child, you know, because mm -hmm. there are kids that really need it. Yeah. Why are you better than Alondra Cano? I mean, I think that she's an incompetent, uh, ill-prepared, um, arrogant so and so. Do you have um, any other attributes? I know, right? I'm being <laughs> nice. This is a family show. Um, but why are you better than her? You know, I I think trust is a big issue. And I I think uh, the trust was broken for so many constituents in the Ninth Ward uh, when the doxing incident occurred. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And when when those emails were tweeted out to her followers, I I. I think that has never really left the minds of a lot of voters. But when I look at the challenges that our community is facing uh, and I look at the record that I established when I represented the ward, uh, I've got experience with public health approaches 
two crises, whether it's HIV and AIDS or whether it was the meth epidemic uh, that the gay community was seeing in the last decade and still is experiencing today. Uh, and I have not seen a public health response to the heroin crisis from the city of Minneapolis. I, I checked four years worth of health committee agendas and couldn't find the topic raised at all. So I, I think that's one big difference is uh, my public health experience. I think also proven ability to build affordable housing and to work to line up the financing, the land approvals, the acquisitions, the zonings. It has a lot of work that goes behind uh, any new development like that. So uh, I want to make sure that we're building new affordable housing all the time to show that we're a growing city, to show that we're investing in the people and the communities that make this city great. And uh, I think those are two of the biggest priorities right now for the ninth ward. I'll ask you the question that I tend to ask a lot of the candidates, uh, especially those that are, um, that are white. What relationships do you have with uh, someone in the black community, someone in the Asian community, Somali community, Native American community. Now, you and I are both Southsiders. Uh, I actually grew up in the 8th Ward. Uh, at the time, when I grew up, one of the guys that made me love politics was Brian Heron. He was my councilman at the time. Yeah. I just knew he was going to be the first uh, uh, black mayor if things hadn't derailed. I, I mean, he had that type of power, which is probably why they split up the 8th Ward, because it was so big, and that person had too much power. Um, I, But relationships is impo are important. Absolutely. And I think some of the relationships have eroded with the council persons and the mayor. Can you name people that you have relationships with that'll be important going forward with? Or and if you don't, don't make anything up. Are there people that you know that you could start that you're going to work on building relationships with? Well, absolutely. Uh, Ninth Ward is diverse ward. It's the ward with the highest population of American Indians in any uh, ward in the city of Minneapolis. Yep. yep. Uh, it's the highest percentage of Mexican immigrants. Uh, it's got strong uh, gay, lesbian, bi, and trans communities, and it's got a historical African American community, uh, particularly along 38th. Uh, in Chicago yep. and uh, the heart of the central neighborhoods. But so, I thought that's into that goes into the eighth ward, right? Uh, central is still is in the new ninth ward. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Sabathony isn't, but the rest of the central neighborhood is. Okay. Didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Uh, so. You know, in, in the campaigns that I ran before, uh, as I remind people, I didn't just get white votes. I built a coalition of people who believed in an agenda for change. Word. And so uh, to build those coalitions forward, you know, I, I, I have a second choice in this race, Mohammed Farrar. Uh, he is also running for the same seat. And if he wins, I'd, I, I'd, I'd be happy to support him uh, uh, moving forward as, as the Ninth Ward Council member. Uh, but the relationships with the Somali community have been uh, particularly relationships that I've developed over the years. Uh, I was the first elected official from Minnesota to go to the Dadaab refugee camp on the Somalia-Kenya border mm -hmm. and to see what so many people are coming from and to see what they're, what they're leaving uh, behind. And uh, that trip over five years ago just helped me learn more and more about the needs of refugee communities, particularly that are coming to Minneapolis. Uh, you know, I'm proud of my support with by Mike Gozi, who's the head of the American Indian uh, Community Development Corporation and uh, has been building affordable housing for a long time and is now working with the county to open up new shelter beds for American Indians who are fighting heroin addiction. Uh, that'll be opening up this November in the Ninth Ward. So wow. I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, if someone knew who I've met in this campaign, Angela Connolly. I don't know if you know Angela. She works at Hennepin County where she helps monitor the grants for so many of the job training programs. And 
looking at job training programs is an area that I really want to focus on for accountability to make sure that we're creating the jobs we want to create and to make sure that these jobs are staying in the community and that right. we, mm-hmm. we're investing in our people. So been really uh, excited to get to know her in this campaign and to uh, learn about the work that she does at the at the county and monitoring economic development contracts. And, uh, you know, I, uh, ah. I, there's just so many so many people that have been important uh, to me and my own uh, political development over the years and proud to call many of them my friends. I like to hear that and because and you, you keep reiterating a couple of things I hear you keep talking about the importance of, you know, uh, the awareness of HIV AIDS and the community that uh, gay and lesbian community as well. Um, are you uh, a proponent or opponent of uh, the five for 15? Uh, I'm a big proponent of $15 minimum wage. I think it's a very successful uh, way to lift people out of poverty. Uh, people who are working one, two or three jobs and still can't support a family. Uh, so I'm, uh, I think the minimum wage has proven itself over the years to be perhaps the most effective way to lift people out of poverty. Hey, man, good, good, good. Pri, I'm hogging on the show. I mean, we got one more <laughs> segment on the other side, and then I'll let you ask some questions because, I mean, we're, well, you're South Side, too. I'm like, like, we're not, you're South Side, but you're deep South Side. I'm deep But you're still South Side. So on the other side of the break, I, I will let Priya ask a few questions before we get out of here. This is Twin Cities News Talk. Uh, this is Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Welcome back, Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your co-host, Jamar. And I'm Priya. Oh, my gosh. I was sitting here just jamming to the song. So, sorry I didn't come back quick enough. Yeah, he, I've got video. I've got video. We have the coolest I'll producer. the highest builder. In the state. Yes, we do. you know, he comes up with the greatest music. <laughs> the greatest musics. Not music, the greatest musics. Welcome back. I'm, I, I calm down. I'm not at the concert. That's one of my favorite singers. Though. This is the greatest song. I have no idea what it is. And that's the, t- that's the title of the song. She's like, looking at me like, what are you talking about? He's going to say the title for you one more time. Here it goes, Priya. Stop your dancing there. I know, right? <laughs> I got the coolest producer, I'm telling you. Welcome back, Gary. Um, so one more question for you, a couple of, uh, to close out here. Um, what's, what, what's your strategy going forward? If you are elected is, are you one of the candidates? Are you just this lip service candidate? Are you going to be a candidate that's true to your campaign pledges as much as possible? Because we, we do know that, uh, uh, campaigning and trying to, to, uh, get these, uh, campaign promises enacted is something different in itself, but are you just giving us lip service to get reelected or is this, is this Gary Schiff the one that's going to get things done for us? 
Uh, I have definitely running probably the most issue-based campaign I've ever been involved with. Uh, there are top priorities that have not changed since the beginning, and uh, that's the agenda is end the heroin epidemic, build more affordable housing, save the arts uh, with a plan to invest in community theaters uh, like the Capri Theater and Heart of the Beast, mm -hmm. uh, and to also create paths out of poverty by turning uh, those city jobs into a gateway to the trades for kids who grow up in South Minneapolis. So I haven't heard many I candidates say what you're saying, to, that uh, uh, actually Al Flowers was mentioning that too. So there's been you two candidates that I can remember. I want to be fair, but I haven't really heard any other candidates talk about those city jobs and how many there, there are yeah. um, and wanting to give them to constituents, city constituents, not those that are coming out in the, the rural areas, but city constituents. Like you say, that's a livable wage. Yeah. Th those are gold standard type jobs. Yeah. Yep. And so it's important to me. And I'm happy that we have candidates talking about it and trying to uh, put it into effect. Um, where can people find you, uh, your website and donate money and all that stuff? GaryShift.org. And they can find me on Facebook as well on social media. Uh, what you, what's your? Have you been polling? We have been door knocking uh, since February. You think you're gonna? Yeah. How's it looking for you? Uh, we have made over twenty five thousand attempts at the door or on the phones. Wow. Oh, wow. And so uh, you know, Mostly we're talking about the issues at the doors, but uh, I think people know that we need a change in the Ninth Ward and that uh, the what's happening right now with the livability issues, heroin, prostitution, homelessness, uh, it's got to change. We need, that, a, we need some priority and emergency response. Is that something that she, Alondra, could have done, but not, she hasn't done it effectively? Or, or has she not attempted to um, bring affordable housing and build? Because I don't see her building relationships with some important uh, constituents in the community, such as uh, the the guy you know from the Indian uh, community and things of that nature. Well, you know, just for example, on affordable housing, there were affordable housing projects in the pipeline when I left office in 2013, uh, one on Bloomington Avenue. Uh, the d owner of the land, George Sherman, was about to build a live-work unit uh, that would provide housing and business space for uh, immigrant entrepreneurs. And she pulled the plug on it and told the developer to fill in the foundation that was already built, concrete poured foundation, to fill it in with dirt. So this lot is still vacant on the 2900 block of right now. It's, yep. And first thing to do is dig out the dirt and get the building built and move forward in housing people and giving them job opportunities. Wow. That is, <laughs> that, that leaves you speechless. It does. It does. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah. I, I, we wish you the best of luck going forward, so Gary. And really thank you for it. coming in, man. And will you call on Tuesday? Let's get in touch to Tuesday. Yes. We're doing an election night special here. And let's get a call in front of you. I don't know if they call those races early, but good luck. And I think you'll win. Yes. Priya, I'm going to miss you so much. Aww. I'm going to wish you so much. And, and, and I wish you the best of luck, Priya, thank going you. forward. We'll talk to you all the time. Yep. Although you can't call in, but no. we'll talk to you all the time. Yes. Going to miss you a lot, Priya. Thank you. Good I'm going to miss being here. Good luck, Stan. Thank you. It's going to be you and Stan. I, Stan. going to be you and I holding down the fort. You and I and Pat holding down the fort. Tune in next week. Are we preempting next week, Stan? 
I know, right? I think we are preempted, but we're going to do a half show again, a half live and uh, half on po- Postal Podcast. So tune in next to our Postal Podcast. This is Jamar Nelson. And for the last time, it's Priya Samsadar. Black Republican, Black Democrat. Bye. Bye. <laughs>